Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. You know, and it's all like how to deal with tarnished silver, like stuff that had no, no bearing on my life. And I was so interested in it. And I read like the American Red Cross, like first aid manuals. Like I just was so weird. And so I have like an ancient kind of love of a how-to book of any stripe. Really. So there it is. I am so excited to share with you today, Catherine Newman. Catherine is the author of the memoirs Catastrophic Happiness and Waiting for Birdie, which are about mothering. And then she's the author of a middle grade novel called One Mixed Up Night about being locked into Ikea and then a kid's craft book called Stitch Camp. But today we're going to talk about the new how-to book for kids called How to Be a Person. At the end of the show, you can go find Catherine at katherinenewmanwriter.com. And this will all be in the show notes. But before we jump in with a interview that made me laugh so many times, I want to encourage you to join the 84 Hug Challenge. Let's try to hug our kids 12 times a day for seven days in a row. It's completely free and it starts on Monday, July 13th. And if you have a kid that doesn't like hug, we can talk about that too. Don't hesitate, just sign up. What inspired you to make a how-to book for the modern kid? So the, the, there's a kind of, the short answer is my daughter. And the long answer is um, that my daughter, Birdie, who's 17 now, um, has been this kid who, um, since she was like two, Mm -hmm. does not want to be helped. And this is classic second child or younger, right? She wants to do it all by herself. And I feel like, honestly, if at 17, you could still get away with saying that, she would still say it. I want Mm -hmm. to drive, I want to drive by myself, you know, (laughs) which she does. Um, So she has never, you could never show her anything or touch her when she was trying to do something or teach Mm -hmm. her anything. And when she was around 12 or 13, I'd asked her to do something like, it was Thanksgiving and it was either clean the bathroom or sweep the floor. Something basic, a basic thing. We had a bunch of people coming over. And she said, oh, I'm happy to. I don't know how to do that. And I said, oh, okay, that's fine. Let me show you. And she was like, no, don't show me. Don't tell me or talk to me about it. And I was like, oh, my God, this person is impossible. And I went to the library, not on Thanksgiving, but the following Mm -hmm. week. And I said to our children's librarian, I was like, I need the book that I'm sure you have. That's like a giant photographic encyclopedia of chores for kids. And she was like, yeah, we don't have a book like that. There's not like a step by step photographed encyclopedia for kids of how to do chores that's amazing right like my mind is blown like there are huge sections of the adult part of the bookstore right dedicated to like how to fold your towels the right way yeah right but i wanted (laughs) that book but for kids that would be like 
fun to read. And yeah. so I pitched that book, the <laughs> giant photographic encyclopedia of chores. It was going to be like 800 pages. And each thing was going to have like 100 photographs where it was like wringing out the sponge and like moving the uh-huh. things off the sink. And, and Story, my publisher, who I love, they were like, yeah, that's not a fun book. Like, (laughs) nobody wants that book. The truth is, I'm still convinced someone wants that book, and I do. But so we rethought it a little bit together. Uh And my other big love is um, communication, teaching kids to communicate, Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise known as etiquette. But I don't really think of it that way. I really think of it as, like, how to be a person who can talk to other people and, um, and apologize and thank somebody. And so we reconceived the book around those two things. And then as we worked on it, it turned into all this other stuff like cooking and basic life skills. And, um, but that's, and so Birdie, this is the punchline, uses the book at 17 (laughs) to do stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She likes, you know, made a egg out of it she used it to tie a tie she wears neckties to yes or whatever she so a million things she's still in it and it's she's 17 and the book is not pitched that old but honestly I think it's fine oh it's it's so humorous that like I sat down and I couldn't (laughs) stop reading it and I know how to do 80 percent of the things in here I'd say I know same there are a couple things I'm like I don't really want to do that that well but I'll put it in the book anyway like not yeah right like some of these are like oh like I I thought I knew how to do that but nope I didn't I've uh sewn buttons halfway apparently That's why they keep falling off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, and then I just donate the shirt. That's where I'm at. If the button oh. falls off multiple times, someone else can help with it. That's me. I buy that shirt, Christy. So we're a perfect closed system, the two of us. I buy your shirt with the button off and I sell a button on it. There you go. Yeah. Because I'm like, I just can't deal with this anymore. I know. You're like, I have three kids. I have bigger fish to fry. Exactly. I've got a seven-year-old I still have to make sure isn't going to cause bodily harm. The 12 and 13-year-old, they're girls. They're going to boil a pot dry versus, like, cause bodily harm. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah, that seven-year-old boy, he's a loose wild card. He's fun to have, especially <laughs> as a third kid. But Aww, yeah. So last year, yeah. my family was inspired to have a summer of danger because of the TED Talk. Oh, my God. Of 50 dangerous things that you should have your kids do. So we bought that book and we tried to do as many of the things as we could. And um, how did it go? It was really fun. I have fond memories of it. My kids were like, did we actually do that? I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's how their life works. Yeah. Yeah. We licked nine volt batteries. You know, we did (laughs) the classic things. I let them hit like we have these giant seeds and they got to pound them with hammers. And I don't know. We did stuff that I was like, yeah. This year, I'm glad we're not doing it because of COVID and everyone wants to stay out of the hospital. But your book is the theme for this summer then is what I was going to say. I was like, this book is obviously our summer like (laughs) hurrah, how to be a person. (laughs) 
what could be better? <laughs> yeah, it's a good time, especially when you're stuck at home, mostly. And these are all good things to occupy your time. Did you have a favorite thing in your book, Catherine, that you knew you wanted to yeah. have in here? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the truth is for me, um, it still boils down to the chores chapter <laughs> and the communicating chapter. I'm really weirdly passionate about um, sending kids into the world knowing how to um, like write an email yeah. where they ask for what they need or um, take responsibility. I mm -hmm. And that might partly be because I also work part-time at a college and I see college students show up and don't know how to say, hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't come to the class where the paper was when the paper was due because I panicked and it wasn't done and now it's still not done and I need an extension. Whatever the thing is, mm -hmm. and instead you get radio silence because they don't know how to write that email. Yeah. Um, and I have been. My kids still are iffy on the chore stuff. That's the God's honest truth. I have a twenty-year-old. He's in and out, right? Yep. I mean, he can do the stuff, but, you know, it's a work in progress. Yeah. But, boy, that kid can write an email. That's awesome. And I feel like that's my passionate sort of focus yeah. for my own kids. And in the book, I just feel like being able to do that stuff, it is, those are life skills that are kind of um, irreplaceable, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think that if you're a grown-up, that you should read, um, the parent should read the How to Raise an Adult book. Oh, God, right. Like yes. your book I is Julie, like the, the kid guide to what she says in yeah, her book. Julie, so that's Julie Lithcott Hames, yes. who I am madly in love with um, and have gotten to talk to a couple times in the last few months. And and she's just great on it. I mean, I think mm -hmm. she um, and I think you're exactly right. That's the book about the why. Mm -hmm. And this book's like kids just about how to I mean I wanted to write a book that didn't presume that kids should already know this stuff like yeah. I didn't want to make a case for it even mm -hmm. it's just like here's the stuff at some point you have to do this stuff like it's fine that you don't know how to do it yet yep. because you must not have learned yeah <laughs> you know right that there's not like a judgment there right maybe with my 20 year old but Otherwise, not really. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I mean, I can get to 40 and not know how to sew a button well. So yeah, right. no, there are totally. lots of things that unless someone slows down enough to teach you or yep. you're curious enough to pick up a book on how to do it, that you're yep. just going to miss. Yeah. And that's I why I think we're both like how to book enthusiasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. We were talking before yeah. I hit the record button that my favorite books as a kid were by an author named Joy Berry that were how to clean your room and how to make a snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Right. And the nice thing that you had those books. So you didn't even require somebody to be patient with you because a book is always going to be patient with you. Yes. You can look at the book a million times. You can forget how and ask the book again. And the book won't be like, I already showed you how to make a quesadilla. Like, it's just there. It's just there for the having. It'll keep all your secrets about what you looked up. Yeah. You know? And even, I mean, I think a book like this, I'm going to encourage my kids to write it and to take notes. 
like to write in the margin about like, oh, this worked well or that didn't. Like, I think I'm going to end up buying three copies, two more copies. So they each have their own so they can write their guidebook to themselves as a grown up in the margins. Oh, my God, that's so smart. Right. And they can figure out how they want to do stuff. Yeah. Like this worked or this didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or that's not how I load a dishwasher, which is totally fine. Right. You can load it however works. But, you know then there's a guiding principle that you can deviate from. Yeah, so this is going to be our summer project. And I just wanted to talk to you about it because it is such a great <laughs> book. And I feel like it's the like the segue of like how to use a cookbook and how to use so many other how-to books that you know that you're going to need as a grown-up. Oh, I love that. How to use a how-to book. Yeah, I think that's ultimately <laughs> what this book is. For, oh especially God. because it's comic book and... For those who haven't seen it, it's just a really fun book and you need to go see it because <laughs> there are just cute. I, I wish that I could show it to you over a podcast, but I can't. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's partly because um, Debbie Fong, who um, was our illustrator, is this incredible. She just what I really didn't want it to turn into mm-hmm. was a book that had an irritable feeling about kids. Oh, yeah. And she just loves kids. Like, you just, in every illustration, it's so loving and funny. And um, so I just really lucked out. And I loved working with her. And we were, like, completely on the same wavelength all the time. And that was really lucky. And then I and then I feel like the pictures are so perfect instead of, because I'm sure you could write a book like that and the illustrations would make you be like, well, that wasn't really what I but every page, I'm like, that's exactly what I meant. So what was the thing that you wished you would have learned out it's of so these 65 things? Is there something <laughs> There's that something you wished you would have learned at like age 12? Or yeah, Oh, oh, as a kid. Yeah. Right. Um, it's so funny because people have been writing me and one of the things that they write me about is what they wish the stuff they wish were in the book oh, that's not in the book, which interesting. I love. Yeah. Which, of course, I'm making a lot of notes about. Um, I, I'm i trying to think what I really wanted to know. I mean, the funny thing is I was careful not to write a book with a lot of stuff I didn't know in it because the last book I worked on with my friend Nicole, we did this book about all the fiber crafts. It's called mm-hmm. Stitch Camp. And it's like how to sew, how to knit, how to crochet, blah, blah, blah. We wrote this whole book and I could not learn how to crochet. And I felt like the biggest hypocrite. Like, I can't even tell you. I, like, people's grandmothers tried to teach me. I watched a thousand YouTube videos. My friend Nicole sat behind me so that she could, like, move my hands the right way. I couldn't learn. And then we I have a similar story it. there. Oh, my With God. crochet. Really? Uh huh. I like, I begged people to teach me, multiple people. And eventually they were like, yeah, you should stick to knitting. Yeah, right? Like, crochet is not your gig. Yeah, Christy, because it's unlearnable, (laughs) is my conclusion. Uh, And so I had to read this entire chapter about crochet without myself having learned. And there's, there's like, a sidebar in it that's, like, true confession from the author. (laughs) I could not learn to crochet because I just felt like such a jerk. And so this book, I was pretty careful that these were all things I could do because that feeling was so terrible to me. Um. But it's true that as a kid, I would have loved this book. Like, I, I like, um, I, I feel like 
someone helping you think of the kinds of things to say would have really appealed to me. I was mm-hmm. a pretty, um, you know, nerdy kid, and I would have liked reading those little conversations mm-hmm. and little ideas about what to say in different situations. So I, so that part would have really spoken to me in particular. What skill do you wish... You've already said that you like zone in on teaching kids about yeah, email yeah. communication. Yeah. Besides email, yeah. What other skill do you think that all kids right now, if you were to like, you know, laser in into a mom's earbuds, say yep. your kids need these three skills or two skills, what would they be? Okay. Especially because you work at a college, like you have yep. a different level of kids that yep. you see. Well, I. Well, I have to say two political things. One is um, I feel like learning to contact your political representative, which is a skill in the communication chapter of the book, Mm -hmm. is a vital skill. And we're certainly feeling it right now. Absolutely. Um, My daughter has written um, emails to our police department inquiring Mm -hmm. about um, their practices of keeping black and brown people safe in our town. She has called our senator about national policy. Like I, so I feel like that is a skill that is of vital importance. And it's the one that keeps you from standing on the sidelines, wringing your hands. Yeah. Knowing how to do it knowing who to look up, knowing being brave enough to make the phone call when, Yep. How and to make a phone as, call. Mm-hmm. Yep. How to make a phone call, how to write an email and it being as simple as saying, you don't need, it's not even like you have to have some brilliant thing. You're no. just communicating. So you can say, I am really worried about this issue mm-hmm. and I'm just writing to you because I know that this falls into your job. And I'm, yeah. and I'm wondering if you can tell me like why I should worry less. Like you can be as basically communicative as you like. It doesn't have to be an essay. It does. It can just be. That's really freeing. Anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to get it right. Even you can start saying something and say, wait, 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 wait. Let me let me start over because the truth is, like phone calls, they don't know how to make phone calls anymore. No. But they're gonna have to. They're gonna make doctor's Absolutely. appointments. They're gonna have to make phone calls. So calling a political representative is really good practice and it's really good political work. And my other political thing I have to say is that I feel like I don't want to pretend that it's not still really gendered who learns what skills. I feel like I am so committed to raising a boy who is now a man Mm -hmm. who does not one day live in a household, either of housemates or with a partner I don't want him to be the guy that doesn't know where the recycling goes or doesn't know like that there's wrapping paper in the house because he's never bought it or used it or doesn't know and lets other people do all that work because he's never learned it or he doesn't even know it happened. Right. That he's just clueless to all that work. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I have had this God help me feeling raising a boy of like, he is not going to be a person who gets to live with other people and has no idea. And so part of that, weirdly, yeah, somebody just pointed this out to me and I hadn't even thought about it that way, but sort of job one and even just giving your kids a book like this mm-hmm. or, is, is 
a huge piece of it. Part of it's exposing the work that goes on. They yep. might not even know all the stuff you do. Right. And not not because they're being jerks or looking away, but because you do it while they're at school. Or And so the pandemic's been this time where people see what happens in a household. It's no longer invisible. Absolutely. Right. And I was reading a, a time management book for parents, and they basically said that, that a lot of the uh-huh. adult work is invisible to yeah. kids. And you're right. Yes. This pandemic, everyone being home without, right. they've seen it. Yeah, the chores, even um, there's a chapter in the book about money. I think even money Mm -hmm. has become more of something people are talking about. And I really think people should talk about it. I think I was raised to feel like it was kind of rude to have conversations about money. And we didn't know how much money my parents made. They never shared that with us. We didn't know how finances worked in the household. Yeah. I don't know that you do your kids any service concealing that from them. I think then they get to be adults. It was all a mystery. <laughs> they don't know how you did what you did. Right. And it's, it's the eyes pulling back the curtain all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is a great moment. I, I mean, I have, I've told even with a 20 and a 17 year old, or maybe especially because they are about to be launched. Uh-huh. I've said like, hey, I know daddy's not working right now because my husband's a massage therapist. And oh, yeah. But I said, oh, even though daddy's not working right now, we just gave $100 um, to the movement for black lives because it's really important to us. And I just wanted them to know that we would like make that kind of decision because otherwise we make it privately and they have no way of understanding how decisions get made. You know, what do we value? And so much of money really is teaching your kids what you value. Right? I mean, that's one of the biggest ways you can show companies, show the world what you think and what you support is. Exactly. Is with the power of money. And you teach your kids that money is an investment. When you buy something, you're investing in that idea of the world. Yeah. And so I feel like that's just... um, another thing that's been exposed more because everybody's home and maybe is just a great kind of conversation to have. Those are great conversations to have. Right. I mean, we've had the conversation during the pandemic of making sure we shop local and that we've made sure we visited some restaurants for takeout more than we normally would because I wanted to make sure. Yes. Um, Right. And that my seven-year-old doesn't love online karate right now. It's not his thing to do Zoom through karate. I was like, but we're going to keep paying for you to do Zoom for karate, even if you don't show up, because we love our karate plate. Yes, right. So important. Like, I don't want them to give me a credit, even if he's not doing it well. I want to support them. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. And to just explain that directly. Yeah. And then you can have a separate conversation about whether or not he has to go, but just that they understand right. <laughs> why you're investing in your community. Yeah. It's yeah, been a really big that. conversation of like, where can we make sure like our finances, my husband's in the military, so our finances haven't been as impacted as other people locally. Yeah. And so it's been a conversation of, well, it's our job now to be extra responsible and extra kind. That. Yeah. It's so good. It's so important. And then they understand 
that there's like generosity built into your family values or caring about your community. It's like an extension of being a good neighbor, mm-hmm. all this stuff that right. you really want your kids to understand. Yeah. And that you get to talk about it with uncomfortable money conversations. Like, yes, cause I grew totally. up thinking that money was like this taboo um, bedroom conversation. <laughs> basically. Right. So, so it's nice to be able to have this moment of so much going on. It feels overwhelming, right? With the pandemic and the giant protests and black life matters. And there is so much that is a teachable moment right now. Yeah. And as a mother, my heart has been shattered a million times, I think in the last month and a half. Um, so I love that we can come back to tangible things like how to load the dishwasher. And I can know that that moment will help raise my children to be responsible grownups. They'll be responsible, kind hearted people if they can see the dishes and then do the next thing. Totally. It's so important. Well, thank you for this book. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for getting the book and having me here to talk to you because I don't talk to that many other people right now. (laughs) (laughs) Every episode, Catherine, I don't know if I warned you about this, ends with a self-care tip and a family play idea. I'm ready. Okay, so what is your self-care idea? Okay, can you deal with a really corny one? Sure. It's kind of unbearable. It's going to be like that annoying thing where an interview asks you your greatest weakness. (laughs) My self is um, some little act of caring for someone else that makes you feel nourished. And I know that's like the opposite of self-care as is generally practiced. And I do tons of like, I take cold showers Mm -hmm. and and I do plenty of actual self-care, but I have found during the pandemic that a little kind of act Mm -hmm. of putting something out in your community, whatever it is, yeah. Um, you know, doing a little shopping for an older neighbor, that kind mm-hmm. of pandemic activity, I find just totally grounding. And I think it's because I'm like, I take myself to be this like tiny little bit of a hero in that moment. I'm like, who bought the neighbor? Yeah. I did. I'm so helpful. But whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just I love it. That. I'll take that good feeling, even if it came from doing something like totally minuscule. Um, so that's my self-care tip. Excellent. Now, do you have a family play idea or connection idea? Yeah. Well, my family play idea is something that um, we have done really, I think, since the kids were in middle school. And it's um, it's called the Night Walk. Ooh. And a lot, once it's dark. And this is year round. We mm-hmm. do this even in the winter. Someone will say, hey, night walk. And we put on our shoes. People who are in their pajamas stay in their pajamas. We do not live in a city. We don't ever see anybody else. And we walk. We have this one route we do in the neighborhood. It's probably about a mile. And it is so grounding. It's like everyone's day is done. And we talk about whatever big stuff, little stuff, like whatever it is we look at the people's flowering trees in the moonlight anything that's so and cool it, yeah and with kids you know it's like everyone's busy I mean mm-hmm. you're, I'm sure even with 13 and 12 it's like they're busy they're enmeshed in their lives and it's just this mm-hmm. 
connection at the end of the day. And I love it. I love that the PJs stay on and like, it's just like, <laughs> let's go. Sometimes I literally walk with a glass of wine in my hand. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> I mean, it's really not a, you know, standing yeah. ceremony kind of thing. No, but it sounds like such a moment of awesome. So yeah, thanks. Thank you. Excellent. If people want to follow you online, Catherine, or read more of your books, where can they find you? Because this is book number five, I think. Yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. I think you're the first person to notice that since my mom. Noticed. <laughs> um, they, I have a website, which is Catherine Newman writer.com. Mm-hmm. A really uninspired website name. Catherine. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, you should go. If you haven't read Catherine's other book, she wrote two books about parenting early on in her parenting journey. Yeah, that, that were some of my family's, um, like my friend circle's favorites. So oh, God, thank you, Chris. Yeah, I, I'm excited that that we got to connect. I hope you really, really enjoyed that episode. Go check out the book, How to Be a Person, and appreciate the timeless guide in that to do book. Now, don't forget, join and sign up for the free 84 Hug Challenge starting on Monday, July 13th. I can't wait to see you there. You need to sign up though, so you can get all the emails and figure out how to sign up for the free text messages, which really is the secret sauce. Have a great week.